for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Howdy, y'all. It's episode 298 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. How you doing? How, howdy, y'all. Uh, buddy, I have to send you something that our good friend oh, Catherine oh, oh. Neen sent us after okay. our episode last week. I had no idea that such a thing existed, but she tagged me this in this on twitter and it's a cover of a book when it comes through on your phone why don't you read that out loud for our good listeners the little man who lives in the fridge the amazing adventures of chili billy bro by peter mcgill and arthur robbins something tells me i something tells me i must have had some deep recessed memory of the little man that lives in the fridge, the amazing adventures of Chili Billy. I mean, that or it was a coincidence, you know. I don't know. You have you ever seen The Borrowers? Like one could argue that the idea of little people in the house in your appliances and stuff would have been seeded by the borrowers. I don't think I've ever seen that either. Oh really? Is it about little people that live in your appliances? It's about little people that live in the house. They're just little people. You know, they, they borrow your shit. You know, they'll take a, a cube of sugar and a swatch of tissue paper. All right. So let me ask you something, Will. Let's say for a few months, you've been living with the little man that lives in your fridge. Little guy lives in your fridge, right? You're right, used to it. Right. You know, you guys nod at each other when you see each other. You don't see him every night because you figure he's up to little guy stuff somewhere in the fridge. You know, maybe. And and you don't want to ask him. You don't really communicate because he hasn't initiated. And you, you know, pulling that thread would just might unravel your sanity. Right. If you. But, you know, like him you make up there. you make up a tasty dinner. Maybe you make him a, a little guy plate. You know what I mean? Yep. Like on the back of a quarter or something. <clears throat> well, let's say one day you're looking in your fridge and you notice the little guy has 
another little guy over at the fridge visiting. And oh boy. It, it's clear that they're doing like um business discussions. There's contracts, right? Right. And and graphs, maybe a power like a little a tiny little PowerPoint presentation projected okay. on the side of your fridge. And right. like just from context clues and watching what's going on, it's clear that the little guy that lives in your fridge is is loaning the other little guy some money to start up his business, right? Oh, okay. All right. And so <clears throat> a couple years go by, right? Now we're in like 2023, right? And you notice as the time goes by, like you see less and less of the other little guy. He, he stops coming over and visiting the little guy that lives in your fridge. Little guy that lives in your fridge, he's starting to get real stressed. You can tell. Looking a little haggard, you know, constant five o'clock shadow. You know, he's drinking little tiny bottles of Pepto-Bismol. You know, he's stressed out. Well, one night you get up to get a glass of water and the inside of your fridge, like a tiny corner of it, is covered in little splatters of blood. And there's a tiny little sheet over what is clearly a little guy corpse. And the little guy that lives in your fridge is distraught. It is very clear that what happened was, is he let this guy borrow money. The guy never paid him back. And in a fit of rage, the little guy that lives in your fridge killed the other little guy. Do you help him bury the little body in your backyard in like a little one by one, two inch deep hole? No. You don't help him. No. You just let him figure it out on your own, on his own. I mean, if we haven't discussed this up until now, I'm not his friend. I'm not a help you bury the body kind of friend. Fair Plus, enough. I'm, that that makes me accessory. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you did help him, I could claim I didn't see nothing. If you did help him bury bury the tiny little guy body, and then there's a tiny little knock on the inside of your refrigerator one day while you're in the kitchen, and you open it up, and there's a little guy detective in there. With a tiny little Excuse notepad. Me, sir, can I have some of your time? <laughs> where were you on the like night of? Questions? Where were you on the night of April the twentieth? April the twentieth, two thousand twenty-three. Little guy Bill, he got whacked and he didn't come back, and we found his body in the freezer. <laughs> Next door in the freezer. Fish <laughs> between two packages of bees. <laughs> well, it's good to know. Like, see. I was wondering if you'd help the little guy in your fridge bury a body. I mean, no, it would take literally half a second to dig that hole. But I like it. You're a man of you're you're a man of fortitude. Is he going to help me? Is he going to help me bury a body when? Well, that's a big ask to to ask the little guy that lives in your fridge to to dig a. You know, a human I'm opening sauce. the fridge to get some creamer from our coffee. All of a sudden, a ninja drops in, smashes through the window. We have the bloody kill bill drag out fight, and I'm standing there, beat to hell over the ninja's corpse. And the man and the tiny man in the in the thing has just watched the whole thing go down, sipping a glass of orange juice, and he uh, gives me a little golf clap, and then goes back with his newspaper back into his little apartment. Well, what would you do? The- what would you do if he watched that? And he just like dusted off his hands, right? Stood up, went into the back of the fridge and came out with a tiny little shovel and a tiny little bag of fertilizer and just motioned for you like, come on, we know what to do now. I'd be touched. You would? I'd be genuinely touched. 
that the tiny man in the fridge would help me bury this ninja. Why? So, what did you do to get the fucking ninja on your back? Well, I could tell you, but then I'd probably have to kill you. Mm. Even me? Yeah. Mm. I mean, this is just for your own good, because if they got a hold of you, you would wish that I had killed you. Okay. So, uh, I something I'm I'm uh, taking away from this conversation. Two things here. A, you don't trust me with your ninja secrets. The reason <laughs> you have a ninja death mark. And B, you don't think if the ninja showed up at my house that I could take care of myself. Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure you could, probably. Oh, probably. <clears throat> I mean, you do have swords at your house. Yeah, they're fucking prop replicas. I don't really know. I mean, I'd try. <laughs> probably break <laughs> after the first swing. Right. Could you, like, let's say, you know, for, for the ridiculousness that a ninja did attack right like was trying to get in your house and let's say you don't have a gun you just you don't have one like that's all you've got like you really you're gonna grab your ninja sword and he's looking through the window like oh oh we're about to sword battle all the way down (laughs) yeah yeah buddy in in a situation like that i would be like a, a cornered rabid animal you know what I mean? You would be screaming at the top of your lungs. I'm calling the cops. Oh, ah, I would I'm be. The cops. I would be. I would throw Jesse's stand mixer at him. Her blender. I'd throw the microwave. I'd throw the giant dog food Tupperware container. I'd start throwing plates. I'd throw a watermelon Gallagher style because there's a fucking watermelon sitting. I'm just looking at her kitchen. I'd throw my Darth Vader cookie jar at him. Like, I would not stop hurling projectiles at an oncoming ninja that burst through our door with the intent to kill me. I mean, he'd still probably take me out, but but he's going to have to die. He's going to have to be a literal fruit ninja to get past me because I'm going to throw every piece of cooking appliance and produce in the house. Heads of Romanesco, whatever the fuck's at my... I'll throw a whole 24-pack of Diet Pepsi at him. Name drop Romanesca. Mm-hmm. The chef part of me, it's like, oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'd be fancy like that. What I love about Romanesco is that it's fractal. That's fascinating. What that... I what I think is, yeah, what I like about Romanesco is that the prop department and the Force Awakens were like, just throw this on the table at Maz Kanata's and people think it's alien food. They're like, cut an orange in half and put some Romanesco <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. Alien fruit. Boom. We're done. Anyways, guys. Uh, similar to broccoli or cauliflower. Yeah, it's like if broccoli and cauliflower like, hooked up over spring break and 18 years later, cauliflower sitting on his couch playing Xbox and there's a knock on his door. And who's at the door? It's broccoli. It's broccoli from from spring break and she's got a little eight or well not even she's got a full grown romanesco baby and she's like this is your kid i'm out of here you deal with this you can like us on um or follow us on twitter twitch and instagram at blue harvest pod (laughs) Uh, we have a youtube channel which you can find a link for in the show notes and we have a patreon 
If you really enjoy the show and you want to support us and get access to a whole bunch of bonus podcasts, you can at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcasts. We just posted a brand new episode of Oh No, It's Hall Solo. Uh, Steele and I have a Star Wars Year by podcast scheduled to record tomorrow, so that'll be up shortly. We also have Oh No, It's Hall Solo, which I've already mentioned because uh, I fucked this up and uh, Cooking with Will. Steve versus the prequels, Podula Rasa, Masters of Harvest Kasi, Blue Harvest Adventures, Jaws, and a whole lot more. Once again, that's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big shout out to all our patrons. You guys are the best. And a shout out to Hawes. He works his butt off making that content. You're a content creator extraordinaire Ah, when it comes to the Patreon. Work there's, very hard to. Uh, I do my best, and there's produce. definitely people that produce quite a bit more. But I do my best to. Uh, it's been tough. You also got a day job, a day, day and night job. <laughs> yeah, a day and night job. It's been tough lately. There's been a lot of work at my day job. Oh, a dude, lot of work. Um, I'm in serious fucking need of a vacation, my dude. It's been two years. The last vacation I took was. Uh, Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Um, so. And those are great vacations, but they don't, you, they're not relaxing. Like you're amped up the whole time for yeah, that. Yeah, it's definitely a more active, like, I got to say, our buddy Rick Villanueva posted a picture. I'm going to have to find this and send it to you. He posted a picture of me and Johnny um, and and Rick together at Celebration and this had to be taken on Sunday or Monday. It's one of the last days, right? And buddy, I look rough. Oh, yeah. I, I look like I just discovered that a little man lives in our, a little guy lives in the refrigerator. And I spent all night trying to catch him. Because, bruh, these, oh, and well, you also got to keep in mind, I was, I was also being tormented by fucking spirit <gasps> staying in that goddamn haunted I was say, hotel. You were staying in the haunted uh, hotel, weren't you? Yeah. Was that what? the hotel chest the hotel Cecil? What was that hotel called? Jesse? What was that stupid hotel we stayed at in Chicago? Oh, no. The Congress LA. Plaza. The Congress Plaza. The Congress Plaza. Plaza. Now look at that Sorry. picture I just sent you, Will. Ooh, Hawes. Bruh, thank you. Finally, somebody has the decency to be honest with me about it. Because I showed people, like, I commented on it, and people were like, oh, no, you don't look that bad. And I was like, bruh, it looks like Johnny Grasso is pushing, pushing around a fucking corpse, Weekend at Bernie's style. It looks like your kidneys don't work. You know, you know. look so I'm pale. You know, like, <laughs> you look. <coughs> and you look like you've been punched in your eyes. You just look like you're hungover. Uh, and to be honest, I'm probably not hungover to be 100% honest. Yeah, like not alcohol, but like <laughs> just stress. Not even stress. But like, I think Rick is awesome. I was super glad I mean to meet stress. You know, it doesn't mean like, Bruh. you know, 
you said it was the last day. Like you've been going twenty four seven, late nights, yeah. early morning. Yeah, I mean, there's like, no doubt about that. That's what I meant by stress. Like, not that the event itself is stressful. It's just the the <laughs> grind of it to be spread. I look like Johnny Grosso brought an embalmed corpse to Star Wars Celebration so he could drive around in the HOV lanes in Chicago. Well, the funny thing is, is like, it looks like, I don't know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I'm so tired. I don't know how to put my finger. <laughs> just so tired. tired and pale. Uh, if that sh- if if you saw a, ho- a headline on CNN that said, "Man brings embalmed corpse to Star Wars celebration in Chicago," and that was the picture, you wouldn't second guess it. You'd be like, "That's disturbing." You do look like you should be holding a bunny and a rifle, like you're just kind of staring off in the camera. <laughs> Old timey grandpa. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, you want to talk some Star Wars news? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so we were talking about uh, this. It's been a couple of months now. In fact, it was. It was back when this was kind of the only thing we had to talk about for a couple of weeks. Um, But some more sort of confirmation came out this week about the Knights of the Old Republic remake. Um, You know, honestly, it's... To me, there was no new information in what came out. It's just further confirmation, if that makes sense. That it's a remake, right? Like, it's just... So what happened was there was um, Jason Schreier, who I've mentioned on the show before. He is a very reliable source when it comes to video game leaks and news and things of that nature, right? Yeah. Um, he is. Uh, he he currently works with Bloomberg. He used to work with Kotaku. Uh, anyways, he was on a podcast called The Min Max Show this week, and they brought up these rumors of a Knights of the Old Republic remake. And uh, I'm going to play a little clip for you because this is what he had to say. All right, you ready? Right. I still see rumors swirling about Knights of the Old Republic remake, and it always goes back to you. <laughs> and like that one in particular, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm like, I think he just tweeted like if it was in development, it wouldn't be happening at EA. And now people are just linking back to that tweet and it's become this weird circular logic where now I have like friends texting me like, hey, KOTOR remake, come and win. I'm like, I don't think that's happening as far as I know. <laughs> you are so devious. You're trying to get more news out of this. You're I, trying hang to on, is there actually first. something there? You're I'm just assuming. I'm assuming yeah. it's all that old tweet. Yes, that's there is zero. something there. Yes, it's real. <laughs> really? I still see rumors so there you go he said it's real um and you know a little more information has come out and once again it's just the rehash of the same stuff aspire Mm -hmm. is working on the knights of the old republic remake that's not with ea um and there you go we will be getting that at some point it seems like (laughs) things could always happen um in video game development 
and things could go south, but as of right now, it seems like they're working on a remake. Now, what's interesting about this is it comes on the heels of some mega fucking cringe, right, that happened with, related to Knights of the Old Republic in the last week or so. Uh-oh. Yeah, man. Do you remember when we were talking about the possibility of a Knights of the Old Republic remake, and I was like, man, that's exciting to me, but I hope... <laughs> I hope people can be cool about it when it does happen. Do you remember? Because I, right. I I specifically said, with peace and love, the Knights of the Old Republic fandom, certain elements of it can be a little cringe from time to time. Right. Well. Right. They sure let their cringe flag fly this past week when some dipshit, I'm not even sure who, I just saw the like reposted tweet going around and people being like, look at this dumb shit. Uh, and you know, they, they cropped out the person's username, but they were basically going off about how, like, I can't believe all these new star Wars fans consider themselves actually fans when they don't even know who Darth Revan is. They don't know who Darth Revan is and they consider themselves a real star Wars fan. Will just, you know, your typical, Fucking edge lord cheese dick gatekeepery bullshit, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's so embarrassing. It's embarrassing because I really like Knights of the Old Republic. I really like Darth Revan, but it's not the be all end all of Star Wars stories. It's not no. some great. It's just a fucking- good one. No, and it's not some great barrier of entry to decide whether someone's a Star Wars fan or not. It's fucking corny. No. And just to be honest, if you, every every Star Wars story is a point of entry for a new fan. Exactly. Exactly. That's the point. But, you know, that's that's a lot of these folks' fucking motive of operation is, is to find some element that to them means like, oh, I'm better than you. This makes me better than you. I'm more of a Star Wars fan than you. And I don't get it. This fucking digital dick measuring contest that these assholes want to get in with Star Wars is fucking tiring, dude. And like, you know. Yeah. It happened for a little while with like, it it, it, it cycles around. It's different things. Like for a little while, it seemingly was the Force Unleashed. And that is maybe the furthest thing from <laughs> prime Star Wars storytelling. You know what I mean? That is a Star Wars video mm-hmm. game story. Uh, it's just, it's corny. That's true. And I hope, I it won't, but I would like that shit to fucking stop before the remake comes down. Because I don't, like it sucks being really excited for something. It's related to Star Wars, and then these assholes want to weaponize it and find a way to use it to rile up bullshit and stuff. It's just... Like, for a little while, that was going on with Boba Fett, right? In general. Right. And it's just like, no, man. Why, man? Boba, why? Ugh. Anyways. I'm excited. This is more confirmation. And uh, I am just going to try and ignore the dickheads as best as I can. That's the other thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
something interesting came out uh, in an interview that Katie Sackoff did uh, on the Star Wars Explained YouTube channel. They were doing a charity stream. And uh, this might actually have been one that came across your desk, Will. Uh, Katie Sackoff okay. mentions that when they were filming the finale to The Mandalorian Season 2, they were under the impression that the Jedi that was going to come and rescue them and take Grogu was Plo Koon. Okay. So they were playing a little... I thought we saw his death. Yeah, but how many people's... I mean, we also saw Darth, Darth Maul get cut in half. Yeah, that's true. So, you know... That's true. That's true. I saw his Starflighter get blown up. That doesn't mean he died. Right. But, I mean, it, it, obviously it doesn't even matter because that's not. It was Luke that really showed up. But what they told them on set was Plo Koon is who's showing up to save the day. Like, that's basically, cool. they were just using that. That was just the, uh, you know, how they kept the actual plot point of it being Luke a secret was they told the actors it's Plo Koon. Who is like one of Dave Filoni's favorite Jedi? So it kind of makes sense that he would be like, "Yeah, it's uh, tell him it's Plo Koon. and was an initial teacher for Ahsoka, if I'm not mistaken. Is the one that found Ahsoka and brought her to the Jedi Order. Yeah, right. That's correct. I believe that's correct. Man, in an alternate universe where that is the final episode of season two of the Mandalorian. What? I'm just trying to imagine how that goes over. Right. Oh my God. The people that don't know, well, I don't know. I was <laughs> going to say the people that don't know who he is would be like, what the hell is that demon face thing that takes the Grogu? But, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody's watching the Mandalorian that hasn't seen the prequels. You yeah. I, I mean, mean it, it, no, I, th- I honestly, I think you're wrong about that. I think because there's there were plenty of of things that well, that's I, true. The Mandalorian has gained extreme popularity. People. Yeah. That... And, and there were definitely things I had to explain to more casual fans from the second season of The Mandalorian. Um, you know, like Ahsoka. I had to explain Ahsoka to a couple of people and sort of the right. significance of that character and and things like that. So. You know, I, I think you would have definitely run into a situation where people are like, what the fuck? Who is this? Um, and then in the, the Star Wars fandom in general, I think you would have, there would have been some excitement for sure. Cause, uh, because I, I feel specifically because of Clone Wars, there's a, a fair bit of Plo Koon love out there, right? He right. isn't cool. I think Plo Koon is rules because of Clone Wars. Uh, and I think right. the design is fucking cool too, <laughs> but I just obviously I don't think it makes as big of a splash as a digitally de-aged Mark Hamill showing up, Luke Skywalker. That's you know that's obviously the big play you make, right? But it is interesting to think about like what if type scenario. <laughs> too bad it wasn't Kiati Mundi, man. There would have been Kiati Mundi. All of three people very stoked for that, and two of them are hosting this podcast. That's true. Everybody else would have been like, "Who?" <laughs> yeah, the I Jedi think, with a bunch of wives and kids. I kind of feel like that would have been an even more 
what the fuck than Plo Koon, right? Kiati Mundi, that's even more obscure, I think. Even though he has speaking roles in the prequels and Plo Koon doesn't, I still feel like people will be like, oh, just some random alien with a giant dick on his head showed up? Way to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like hearing these kind of um, behind-the-scenes stories. <laughs> what they tell. Because, you know, there's famously the the stuff they did on the set of Empire Strikes Back to keep the Vader being Luke's father reveal a secret where, um, you know, they had different lines delivered and they only told Mark Hamill like right before he filmed that scene and stuff. <clears throat> so to see that tradition going strong and them like, you know, fucking around with the actors and not telling them what's really going on, I think that's kind of cool. And it keeps that from yeah, leaking out. I think that preserves some of the mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Because as far as I know, I mean, I wasn't chasing down Mandalorian spoilers, but as far as I know, that one did not get out, right? I don't know. I can't think of anybody mentioning, oh, you know, there's spoilers for the last episode and this is what happens. So right. that's pretty interesting. All right. Uh, Speaking of the script for The Empire Strikes Back, there is a charity auction going on right now um, at the East Bristol Auctions website. It's uh, bid.eastbristol.co.uk. And this is um, an estate auction from David Prowse, who was... Uh, inside the Darth Vader armor for a lot of the original trilogy. Uh, And included in there is an Empire Strikes Back script. That's why I brought it up. Um, Oh, that's awesome. And there's a lot of cool stuff in this auction. I mean, all of it way outside of my price range. Um, Right. But what's cool is the proceeds are going to benefit the Alzheimer's Research UK charity. Um, because, you know, David Prowse uh, suffered from uh, Alzheimer's in his later years. Uh, And there's all kinds of cool stuff. What now? What's that? Um, But there's a lot of cool stuff in this auction, including, you know, some signed pictures, um, an Australian triple bill poster for Return of the Jedi, um... Uh, custom action figures, uh, a Darth Vader helmet, a sideshow Darth Vader figure, um, hand-drawn artwork, uh, all kinds of stuff, man. So if, uh, if you're interested in any of that kind of stuff, you should check it out, and, um, and it all goes to a good cause. Uh, but... It's interesting to sit down and look at all this stuff from his estate sale. And, you know, a lot of it is Star Wars stuff, obviously. But there's also a good bit of stuff from uh, his time in Hammer Horror films and things of that nature. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check it out, man. <clears throat> um, it'd be awesome. I can only imagine his collection. You know, 
Right, just over a you know a forty a plus lifetime. years of accumulating stuff, just you know being David Prowse. Um, yeah, I imagine there's quite a bit there. I mean, I you know I don't know a lot about David Prowse other than the fact that he was basically blackballed. You know, George got mad at him, and he was persona non grata. Yeah. Yeah, he and George had a pretty contentious relationship, to say the least. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know, that definitely sucks, but you can also kind of see it from George Lucas's standpoint. I don't know, man. It's hard to judge a a relationship between two people that you don't know, right? That you you only see uh, from the outside. So I can't, yeah. Um, but um, it's not like George Lucas has a long history of blackballing the fucking actors and actresses from Star Wars, right? This isn't a common thing, right? Um, but I, what I do know is that David Prowse loved the hell out of being Darth Vader. He, he definitely uh, did. He took a lot of pride in that. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, you know. It, you can't take away from the fact that the dude portrayed, in my mind, the most iconic villain of all time. I mean, right. you, at least one of the most iconic, but, you know, to me, the fucking dude sitting here bitching about people being assholes about Darth Revan on Twitter and hosting a Star Wars podcast. Like, yeah, the most iconic villain of all time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I... I uh, I definitely think you should go and check it out if uh, any of you guys are interested. The auction goes until May the 4th, um, and I believe uh, everything's live now, and you can um, go ahead and bid on it. And there's so much stuff, like 10 pages of, um, like here's one, uh, Mr. Prouse's personally presented Canadian police badge. Oh, wow. And his Stanley Kubrick DVD collection. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Go check it out. It's for he a good cause. He was in Stanley Kubrick movies, wasn't he? Um, I thought he was in I thought he was in a Clockwork Orange or something. Is he? I don't know. I could grow. <clears throat> Let me look. Anyway. Clockwork Orange is not the is not a a, a film I find myself um, revisiting. He was, he sure was. Well, there you go. Way to go, Will. Hey, hey. I get a you know if I'm gonna know something, it should be some movies. Yeah, there you go. I don't know much, but I know movies and food. You know Romanesco. You know movies. You know, you know all kinds of stuff, Will. I'm not going to sit here and inflate your ego by listening all the stuff you know. I do. I know a little bit of stuff. Uh, well, honestly, that's about it as far as Star Wars news goes this week. Not that a whole lot. Little... Yeah, but we're only a couple of weeks from the Bad Batch, right? Like that's that's the light of the end of the the no content tunnel. That's true. I just want to thank the people that are sticking around and still listening to this shit every week. Because 
struggling. No, he ain't struggling. <clears throat> Alrighty. Um, you want to hear from some friends? Some moisture yes. from us? All right. Do. Well, let me get that loaded up and we'll be right back. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All righty. So, uh, we're recording a little earlier this week. We're recording on a Wednesday instead of a Thursday. And last week we recorded earlier, like we recorded on Thursday, but like much earlier in the evening than we normally do. And we literally missed this next voicemail by minutes. Like I was sitting here editing the show after we recorded and this this voicemail came through and it's, it's our good buddy, King Tom, King Tom Chansky, the king of all Toms new Weezer song came out today. So I bet he is fucking pumped. Bet you he's like chilling in the hammock, listening to that on repeat. Damn, sounds like a good time. Let's hear what he has to say. I got my hash pipe. How did I? How did I know that would be the one you referenced? Hey, because you know me. Hey there, Hawes and Will. Thinking about our upcoming Christmas present, the Book of Boba Fett, and I'm I'm looking even more forward to it than I was when we first found out about it. Um, been thinking about it, and I know we kind of talked about a little bit about what we want to see, but what in the way of other bounty hunters are you hoping to see? Uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll see, you know, Dengar and IG-88 and Bosk and that group, but, like, I'm hoping to see, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but the guy with the hat and the Clone Wars who threw it like it was Captain America's shield, um, because he's still around in, um, he's in the Aftermath books, at least in the third one, I think, because um, he was kind of acquainted with one of the one of the main characters, and I, I and also I know he's not a bounty hunter, but I'd like to see, um, oh, what's his name, Hondo, yeah, I'd like to see him too, uh, but is, are, who else do you want to see? And also another kind of bounty hunters related question, because I was rereading uh, the. The 2015 Marvel Star Wars series, the one that went, or maybe it was the Darth Vader series. I was reading a few going back and forth, and they had one of the other IG droids in there. I think it was like IG-70 or something like that. Do you think all of the droids in the IG series sound like Taika Waititi? Or do you think they're going to give them random voices? Because when, when the character was speaking in the comic, 
I heard Tyga's voice, but I realized they, they might not be able to make that work for every every single time there is one. Anyway, just some things I was wondering. Hope you guys are doing great. Thanks for the awesome podcast, and I will talk with you later. All righty. Uh, so the bounty hunter he's talking about that takes his hat off and throws it uh, is Embo. Mm-hmm. And, dude, seeing Embo in live action would be so fucking sweet. That would be cool. Man, I hope they help make that happen. Uh, obviously, I think the the big one that people would really flip out for is um, Cad Bane, right? You really yeah. want to get people crazy? <clears throat> Throw some Cad Bane in there. <clears throat> I mean, that would be what would excite me. Yeah, it would be really exciting. It, it, to be completely honest, if we're going to be if we're going to see some flashbacks to different times in Boba's career, like take that unproduced clone wars, um, episode that was Boba versus, um, Cad Bane and do that in live action, make that canon. Like you already have it even, you basically have it storybooked, uh, storyboarded out with animatics and stuff. Like you can see the rough yeah. animation, of that encounter between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. Like, I think that would be real cool. And man, would people be excited. Like, Cad Bane, to me, like, you know how we always said it was a matter of time before we saw Ahsoka in live action? I kind of feel Mm -hmm. like Cad Bane is in that same category. It's like Cad Bane, Dr. Aphra. You know, there's some of these characters that have been uh, you know, in formats that aren't live action, be it books or comics or cartoons, that I feel like it's only a matter of time before we see them in live action. So, <clears throat> what better time to introduce live action Cad Bane than in the book of Boba Fett? That shit would be sick. I think that's true. Uh, do I you think it'd be a good rival for Boba Fett too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any like? Yeah, I mean, throw us all the Empire Strikes Back bounty hunters. Let's see what they're all about. Because we don't get anything from those guys in the movies. So, um, do you have any that are coming to mind? Any characters you'd like to see in the Book of Boba Fett? You know, I'm blanking at the moment. But that's because I can't really remember who's alive at this point in the timeline. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, and see, that's the cool thing. If if they are doing the thing where it jumps around in the story and there's flashbacks and stuff. That's true. You can go backward. Um, I'll tell you who I don't want to see. I'm looking it up t- to make sure that I have the name right. And this, the only reason I don't want to see this character is because of the name. It's nothing about the character itself. Um. It's a character that was in the Aftermath books who was in some of the, um, uh, I can't even remember what the term is. The like, <coughs> shit, what, what did they call him? The fucking, uh, you know, so there's the main story and then in between that there's these little side stories that show you what's going on in other parts Vignettes. of the galaxy. Yeah, I guess you could say that. There was another term they used for him. But anyway, there was a bounty hunter <laughs> whose name was Mercurial Swift. Ooh. I 
that's not a good name. That's not a Star Wars, good Star Wars character name. Peace and love. Sorry if you, you if someone out there is like listening and they got like a Mercurial Swift tattoo. Yikes! But uh, not not my jam. Um, that is an interesting name. It, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like um, a bad D and D character name. Like you're playing. It sounds like a jungle disease. <laughs> you got the Mercurial Swift. I got some Mercurial Swift. Uh, to me, it sounds like you know someone you're sitting down to play a new D and D character uh, campaign. Everybody's getting their character sheets out and trying to come up with a name for a character. And one of the people's like, "Um, my elf ranger's name is gonna be Mercurial Swift." And everybody's at mm. the table's like, "Cool." That or the roguish bard. Cool. Uh, I'm going to be Grimace Evilman. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm going to be George Light Star Wars. Um. <laughs> Jonas Smasherton. Jonas Smasherton. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm actually going to make everybody pronounce it Jonas. Actually, it's Jonas. Or are you going to do a skills check for all that smashing? What do you think about uh, all the IG droids having uh, Taika Waititi's voice? I'd be down. Yeah, I'd, I, I would hope totally so. Be down with that. I don't think they have to, but it would be cool if they all did. Yeah, like I don't think it's a necessity. Like I don't think if you know IG eighty eight shows up in the book of Boba Fett or something, and it's voiced by someone else, I don't think that's like some great canon breaking mistake or something to that effect. But I would much prefer they use Tyka's voice for all the IG droids because, much like King Tom. Anytime I imagine an IG droid talking now, that's the voice I hear. Yeah, that's very true. <clears throat> so yeah, I uh, I hope they they continue that trend. I hope he's down. Yeah, me too. I'm fucking excited to see his next Thor movie. I've been rewatching all those MCU movies lately, uh, and. I can't wait to see what he does with the fourth Thor movie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. Um, here is a voicemail from Josh. Let's hear what he has to say. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is Josh W. I'm back. Um, I'm, I've decided to ask you guys a question or three um, about a topic you guys um, know much more about than I, and that would be Star Wars video games. So... Here's the thing. I'm not much of a gamer myself. I'm not anti-gamer. I fully support gamers' rights. Uh, but um, I just don't have the time, frankly, to get into, like, serious, quote-unquote, gaming. But it seems like on the Internet, from time to time, um, like the Bad Batch is maybe the most recent example of this. Um, and this also happened when uh, people were speculating over who was going to come for Grogu at the end of uh, Mando Season uh, 2. Um, that there's this cadre of people, 
um, who are obsessed with bringing video game characters into other media. Um, some of the discussion around the Bad Batch has been a lot of people sort of excitedly wondering if Cal Kestis from uh, Jedi Fallen Order is going to show up in that. People were wondering if Cal was going to be the one who came for Grogu. Um, we saw, see a lot of uh, the usual suspects uh, on the internet who are whining about the High Republic saying, they should have brought back Revan or Old <laughs> Republic or whatever. Um, why are some people so obsessed with bringing these uh, uh, video game characters um, into other media, do you think? And um, if you were to bring um, some characters into media, uh, which ones would you like, which video game characters would you like to see um, in other forms of media, like animation, uh, TV, movies, um, etc.? And um, for the final part, um, who do you think we're likely to see? Do you think we're likely to see Cal Kestis? Do you think we're likely to see Darth Revan at some point, um, or at least a reference to him? So, um, thanks for your time. Uh, hope you guys are staying uh, healthy and safe. Hope the Bill Gates microchip is uh, is integrating itself um, into your system um, without any problems. Um, so, talk to you later, and may the Force be with you. Ooh, now I have a theory about why people are so attached to some of these Star Wars video game characters. And let me run this by you, Will. Feel free to, you know, jump in and, and offer any, uh, any thoughts you have as well. Okay. I think there is something to be said with the fact that, you know, let's, okay, we'll use Knights of the Old Republic as the example here because that seems to be one of the more popular like ooh, this you know that's i want to see revan i want to see bastila shan and stuff like that right you knights of the old republic is a pretty significant game as far as the time it takes to complete that game you can spend upwards of over 40 hours playing that game right Right. And that is 40 hours that if if the game is doing its job correctly, you are fully invested in these characters, you know. If you sit down and watch a Star Wars trilogy, you know, what are you talking about? 7 8 hours to watch a whole trilogy, right? Mhm. versus 40 hours with the same characters and then add into the fact with like Knights of the Old Republic, it has that bioware rpg system of you know you're sort of crafting the character and the character's story with your decisions right periodically through the game you're given the choice of these decisions and the decisions you make will change the story from that point on right so what i think mm -hmm. that what happens is that gives people this like sense of connection and sort of ownership of the story because you feel like you are crafting the story in real time as you play, which if a, if a game is doing it's that's kind of what a game should do. Right. 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 It should make you feel like the choices and what you're doing have some sort of consequence, that especially that type of onus in this dilemma. 
exactly. So I think that leads to a pretty strong connection with people. Um, and to be completely honest, that's probably why I am so connected to Knights of the Old Republic. You know, I love RPGs. They're my favorite genre of video game. To have a Star Wars RPG, that's a dream come true. So <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with why people are so connected to these characters. And like, even take away the RPG element. If you're playing a game like Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order, you're in direct control of the main character. And yeah, there's not this whole... Uh, you know, choice system like you have in the Knights of the Old Republic game. But still, for a couple of dozen hours, you are controlling. This, I was about to say that leads directly into my point. Which is? Is it that you bond with these characters yeah. for a more significant amount of time than you're allowed to on on the movie screen or even on the television? Um, when you play these video games... I think the reason these people want these other characters in other media is uh, a testament to the powerful and, and good storytelling done by those video game designers because you know if you're telling a good story and people are connected to your character, they, they w they'll want more. Yeah. You know, knowing that that you know, the fact that Cal Kestis has a physical representation, knowing that that actor has a face that he, he could reprise that role. Mm -hmm. It just makes people want to see it more. They're so connected. To yes. Him. You know, the amount of dialogue that that man had to record compared to how, what somebody would do in a movie. You know, like you are in more intimately when you play these video games, you're more intimately connected to these characters through exposure and immersion and just you know, backstory and, and all kind of, you know, connections to these characters. And people want to see those portrayed on the big screen as well. Yeah. You now, know, also, you know, they like the idea of a shared universe. And and to see them portrayed on those big screens would give what some people that may feel invalidated by their, uh, their participation as a video gamer, it, it would be viewed as validation. Uh, for their hobby or interest or, you know, that they're not irrelevant. Yeah. That, that, that's, that you're not ducking down. Like, oh, that's just a video game character. That's not right. for real, you know. Right. And I, I think you see that, uh, that same sort of sentiment in other forms of Star Wars media, right? Like when they bring an animated character to live action or a character from books into animation or live action, right? It just sort of gives you, gives people that like little extra bit of validation where I guess it just, even on some subconscious level, makes it feel a little more real and a little more connected to the galaxy, right? Right. To the Star Wars universe, to the canon at large. Now, I think you run into some real problems in the in the in this whole idea of adapting, you know, the story of Revan into media other than video games and this all goes back to this whole idea of choice and you play the game how you want to play it right what that basically means is just about everybody is going to have a different experience playing knights of the old republic will's version of revan is most likely going to be very different than my version of revan right right uh you know it's a game where you create 
your character at the beginning. You can be a guy, you can be a lady, you can choose different classes, you can go light side, you can go dark side, you can choose to uh, romance different characters. Like there's this whole spectrum of different options in the Knights of the Old Republic games, which makes that difficult if you want to try and adapt that because everybody has a different idea of what the story should be, right? Right. And that's why I do think it will happen eventually, but like if you're listening to this and the idea of some sort of Knights of the Old Republic adaptation or retelling excites you, you got to go in knowing like it's going to be different than what you have in your head. Like, for instance, okay, like at the end of Knights of the Old Republic, you're you're given a pretty big choice. You can either make the you can either choose the light side ending or the dark side ending, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when the time came to make a sequel, they're not going to make two different games based off of that ending. So what they had to do was sit down and go, okay, which of those endings do we consider to be canon for the purposes of doing the sequel? And when they did that, they decided the canon ending was the light side ending. So Knights of the Old Republic 2 picks up under the pretense of the ending of the the quote-unquote true ending of Knights of the Old Republic. The first one was the light side ending, right? Right. And the (laughs) dark side ending was like a what if. Right. So when you get into that kind of stuff, it makes it very complicated. Uh, you know, a very similar thing happened with the Force Unleashed games. There was a light side ending and a dark side ending. When it came time to do a sequel, they decided the light side ending is how the original Force Unleashed ended, right? So, you know, that's why I think adapting these things to other mediums oh. becomes tricky. Um, video game character I'd like to see brought over. Uh, I'd like to see the Star Killer. I think it'd be a cool mini series to see um, Star Killer, like uh, Palpatine, you know, create and and and, and groom the Star Killer in Darth Vader's, uh, you know, um, unknown to Darth Vader, and then have Vader figure out and hunt him down, and then the two of them go at it, and you know, obviously Vader win, but that would be cool. Yeah, see, I'm of a completely different mind. I'd be okay if they never adapted Starkiller. Starkiller, I mean, you don't have to make him as ridiculously powerful as he was in the video game, but like, yeah, I just, just the concept of Palpatine's secret. Well, in the video game, apprentice. he was Vader's secret apprentice. Right, right, right. But you could switch it around and have it be. But see, that's the thing; uh, they've kind of done stuff like that in the new canon, where Palpatine has these people that he's raising up to test Darth Vader and things like that. So you've kind of sort of gotten a story similar to that without it being Starkiller, that actual character. I figured that was what the kind of basis for the the Dark Troopers was, basically. You know, there's there's a lot of different sort of takes on that. There was even like this, not a great character, um, this General Grievous body with a Mon Calamari head. What? Yeah, it was... Not Marvel Comics' finest hour in new Star Wars canon, that's for sure. Um, you know, as far as video games that I characters I'd like to see show up, like 
you know, obviously I do think Revan would be cool. I'd be excited about that. It would make me nervous because I feel like there would be a bit of an edgelord meltdown regardless of how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Cal Kestis is a good candidate because just like you said, there's an actual actor portraying that role, you know, that right. they motion captured, that they facial cap- did facial capture on. Same thing goes with the cast of Battlefront 2. I think, uh, you know, the Inferno Squadron showing up at some point could be really, really cool. You know, I think that could, I would be real stoked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be stoked about Cal as well. It's just a matter of like doing it right. Finding the right place to put them in the story. To me, I don't think Cal makes much sense in the Bad Batch because Bad Batch seems to take place pretty close to the end of Revenge of the, Revenge of the Sith, right? Right. Cal Kestis, on the other hand, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to show up in The Mandalorian for me because if he shows up in The Mandalorian, like that sort of takes away, to me, any of the like suspense of what's going to happen to this character. Cause you, you are like if all right you get he's ju- gonna be quite a bit older yeah if he shows up in the Mandalorian you, I don't he's think like, yeah he's like eighteen nineteen twenty in what in the in Jedi Fallen Revenge Order. of the Sith yeah Fallen Order in Fallen Order which was yeah he was younger than that then well yeah and in, in in like Revenge of the Sith he's like um he's a kid he's like yeah. a Padawan when Order sixty six happens right. So, yeah, I don't think you have him show up because, like, they're going to try and do at least a trilogy with that character, I would imagine. So what you got to do, I feel, is you let that story play out before you start trying to extrapolate and put him into, like, the sequel trilogy era or the post-Return of the Jedi era, right? Right. <clears throat> um, I could go the rest of my life without Kyle Katarn ever showing up in any more Star Wars. And I love those games. I love Dark Forces 1 and 2. I love Jedi Knight. I love Jedi Academy. I'm okay with Kyle Katarn never showing up again. No thank you. To me, he was very 90s. He was very 90s. But on the other hand, if and granted, Dash Rindar is not solely a, um, a video game character. You know, he was in... He, he had a whole media thing built around him with Shadows of the Empire, right? Uh, right. Books, comics, audio, soundtrack, all this shit. Video game. Dash Rendar, I would get a kick out of him showing up in something. <laughs> you know, the Kmart version of Han Solo? Come on, man. I'd get a kick out of that. And, you know, I'm sure all these things are different for other people. I'm sure there's somebody listening right now who is got veins bulging out of their forehead thinking, hearing me say, I don't want to see any more Kyle Katarn, but I just don't see it being, being a great fit. I don't see it being necessary. Um, right. I'm trying to think of other star Wars characters. Like there's a lot of the squadrons characters, like your, yeah. um, your wingmates and stuff and squadrons that would be cool to see show up and other stuff. I'd be mm-hmm. pretty stoked on that. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other Star Wars video game characters. 
That's what I got so far. I think they've done a really good job of, <clears throat> with the newer games, establishing characters that would seemingly fit pretty well showing up in the right time period and right given the right opportunity. Right. So I think those are some that would uh, work the best, honestly. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. We got uh, one more email, and then we'll call it a night. This is from Colton. Howdy, guys. Hey, howdy. We started this with a howdy. Hope that y'all are doing well, and early congrats on 300 episodes. Y'all talked about C-3PO and his speaking slash translating abilities last week, and I wanted to throw in my personal headcanon. Basically, I've always thought that Anakin built C-3PO the way you or I might build an Ikea bookcase. He had all the parts, and most of the construction was just assembly, like sticking the already built eyes into the sockets and the already built head. Episode 9 made me feel a bit more confident in my headcanon. I feel like the reason C-3PO can't speak Sith is because Anakin picked up a droid translator doohickey from Space Radio Shack and just installed it in C-3PO. The languages of the Republic and the rules were all just pre-programmed and Anakin pretty much had to screw it in and wire it to the rest of the droid. Do y'all have any little headcanon stuff like this? Always love to hear new little theories. Anyways, hope y'all are doing well. Cheers, Colton. Thanks, buddy. Um, you know, honestly though, instead of going to space radio shack, I think Anakin went to the space dump and found all his C-3PO parts. I have a feeling he was doing a lot of scavenging for those around Tatooine. He was, uh, he was working for Watto and he was like, Watto doesn't need this. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's probably exactly what happened. A little part here, a little part here. A chupapasa. Um, I don't know. What are some weird little, I'm trying to think if I have any weird little headcanon theories. Oh, uh, mm. uh, so this one isn't a current headcanon theory, but I had a bit of a headcanon theory during the prequel era after... Um, after the Phantom Menace came out and the Jedi Padawan braids became a thing. You know what I'm talking about? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so you know how on Boba Fett's costume he has that those braids on there that are Wookiee scalps? That's what everybody's always referred to him as. Right. When After I saw the Phantom Menace, I was convinced that those were going to turn out to be Jedi Padawan braids. Oh, wow. And that Boba Fett was going to help out in Order 66 or something. Well, I didn't know it as Order 66. He was going to help hunt down the Jedi and take their, bra- you know, take Padawan braids as trophies. But like, A, little did I know just three years later, I would see Boba Fett. And he's he's a little guy, not like a live in your fridge little guy, but like, you know, yeah. a nine year old little guy. <clears throat> so that didn't really work out. And B, like. Man, that would have been pretty fucked up <laughs> if Boba Fett was rolling around with children's braids on his armor. Right. I mean, I guess it's not any it's not that much more fucked up than finding out that Anakin slaughtered a bunch of kids. 
I um in my head canon until episode nine happened, I kind of thought Ray was going to lose her hand. You know, it, it kind of seemed that everybody who used the Skywalker saber lost an arm. Right. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah. I mean, it just kind of seems to be the fucking up until the sequel the trilogy. You pay. It yeah. kind of seemed to be like a, a reoccurring thing that the the main hero of the story was going to lose some sort of limb at some point. Yeah, that didn't really happen, I guess, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not a hidden canon, though. That's just kind of, that's what I thought was going to happen. That's more like a theory. Yeah. But yeah a theory I that was disproven. I don't know that I have a whole lot of. If I, I got some things that I pretend don't happen in my head canon. Fair enough. Give me one. Han shot first. I pretend that Greedo did not shoot at Han. That Han just murked that motherfucker for threatening him. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, buddy. I mean, we've discussed this. I don't care. I know. I know you don't care. I don't care. It I just doesn't bother me one bit. Um, I don't know, man. I don't think I have enough confidence in my my Star Wars theories or headcanon to have anything fucking firmly established in my head. Yeah. Like, I know I've brought it up before, and, and I still, to this day, haven't been able to nail down where I came up with this, or if this was Young Hall's head cannon that, that I just thought up one day and was like, well, that's that's what it is. It's like, when I was a kid, I had this, like, in my head, I was like, oh, Boba Fett's the last of the Mandalorians. He's the last surviving Mandalorian and I've never once seen anything since then that like would be the source of that idea you know be it right. a trivia book or anything to that effect um, and then I don't even know where it came from but somewhere in my head as a kid I was like oh yeah the only reason you see one Mandalorian, one guy wearing Mandalorian armor, is because he's the last of them. He's the last one. That's the explanation for that. I don't know if that's headcanon or Well, everything just being in a... Star Wars ever since has uh, reinforced the fact that they are rare, scarce, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... Not really working in the open. So, like, they have not done anything to dispel that. Well, since then, we've seen that there's way more... Mandalorians. We've seen that, you know, Boba Fett's status as a Mandalorian is a big old fucking question mark. That, you know, that there's way more of them out there. Their armor right. is apparently pretty sought after, at least the metal it's made out of. But yeah. That's uh that's about all you can think of, unfortunately, as far as headcanon mm -hmm. things go. Alrighty. Uh that's gonna do it, buddy. Thanks for recording with me this week. Well, dude, thank you for having me on. Thank you for recording with me. Uh, enjoy your beach trip. Getting away for a couple of days. Thanks, man. I'm going to try to. I'm not sure what it's going to be like. I feel like it may rain one day there, and I may just spend a bunch of time in the room. But I don't know. I guess being in the room at the beach is better than being at the house. I don't know. A little change of scenery. Yeah. 
Well, guys, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us out, helps other people find the podcast. Um, you know, it's, uh, we really appreciate it. I don't know what else to say. Check out thank Stoned Cobra. Yeah, thank you if you've already left a, a voicemail, uh, uh, a review. Shoo, I'm running on fumes here at the end, struggling. Say, sounds like it's bedtime for both you and I. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. There's no Star Wars news, and people are being a dick about it. I'm tired, Mr. Will. I'm tired, Mr. Frodo. Uh, oh, yeah, check out Stoned Cobra. They're the band that was kind enough to provide the music for a theme song. They fucking rule. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. It'll be episode 299. Wow. Holy shit. Getting close. Two weeks away from our six-year anniversary. Anyways, guys, uh, we'll see you then. This has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Whitten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>